Our episode called Sex and the D Word really went bananas. If you missed it, head back in your ladies' we need to talk feed to hear a Paralympian, a comedian and a disability advocate talk about desire, prejudice and how people with disability are having hot, innovative sex. I want the world to know that disabled sex is awesome. We had a bunch of calls and emails from so many of you who live with disability about what turns you on and what you want the world to know, so many that we had to share some of them. My name is Lauren and I'm 32 years old. People with disabilities still have sexual needs and desires, so it's also okay to be attracted to someone who has a disability and to find them appealing. I do think that there's some awkwardness from society in general regarding seeing people with disabilities as sexual beings. And it's important to remember we don't need to be wrapped up in cotton wool all of the time. My name is Rebecca. I'm 39 years old and I have a disability called cerebral palsy. Being a woman with a disability doesn't mean I don't have sexual needs that need to be met. Society thinks that women with disabilities have no sexual feelings or desires. What turns me on is a good-looking man standing in front of me, sensual touch, oral sex and toys. My name is Rose. Sex for me is just the same as sex for you. It's not rocket science. My name is Zoe Simmons and I live with fibromyalgia. I experience a lot of pain every single day all across my body. I've actually been with my current partner for almost four years now. He's been with me pretty much since I started investigating my worsening chronic pain and like many other millennials, we met on Tinder. Currently my sex life doesn't really happen and that's not for a lack of wanting that connection uh, fun or enjoyment with another person but I think it's more so to do with the fact that sex with a disability isn't something widely spoken about uh, it also feels hard to navigate that as someone who's become disabled later in life and not having met people who it feels safe to explore those experiences with it's very different to my sex life before I was disabled but it is so much better. And because we have to listen to each other's bodies, it feels so much more intimate. It's exciting too, because you never know what a session will bring. I do usually need painkillers though. Communication really turns me on. So when someone is in tune to my needs and checking in to see what I'm enjoying, I'm fairly verbal. So I do like to hear confirmation when something feels good and what the other person is enjoying. Role plays are really great because it also gives me an opportunity to imagine myself in a different scenario and they also take me out of my physical body, which is, you know, sometimes quite, it's a different experience for someone who I think has a physical disability. I currently see my sex worker a few times a month. People with disabilities have a right to access the same levels of fun and enjoyment as people living without disabilities. And of course, that includes sexual pleasure. But the stigma and judgment associated with disability means that it can be harder and even sometimes impossible to find sexual partners and some disabilities can put solo sex out of reach. So sex workers play a vital role. Having my sex worker has given me a 
opportunity to discover my sexual sex life and desires. I'm a woman with a permanent disability who sees a sex worker. The first time I saw a sex worker, I was very nervous. She talked to me a lot to get me to calm down. It is also boosted my self-confidence by feeling connected with my sexuality. Being able to have a safe and fulfilling sexual experience in the comfort of my own home, knowing it's not with someone I've just picked up on a random date, which puts me significantly at more risk of being attacked or raped, is ultra important to me. Disability forces you to be creative. It can involve a lot of exploration, and even though you're often limited by certain things, depending on your disabilities, you find fun ways to work around it. It's a little different from what sex traditionally looks like, but I think that also makes it exciting. I do wish that there was more representation for sexual pleasure amongst the disabled community in general. And if people aren't normalising these discussions, how can we as people with disabilities feel safe to express ourselves? Sex is such a taboo topic in our society, especially for women and especially for disabled women. But it shouldn't be. Disabled people have sex. Disabled people have awesome sex. And there shouldn't be a stigma about that. I don't think we should be shamed for wanting pleasure or talking about it. Thanks to Zoe, Rose, Lauren and Rebecca for sharing your deeply personal stories. Ladies We Need to Talk would be nothing without women like you and your generous contributions. Well, my most, <laughs> my favourite sexual experience, I'll say, not proud to admit this, but it was with a surf instructor who lived in Byron Bay. I know that's really cliche. My partner and I are pretty open about trying new things and looking for new ways of doing things. So our sex life is a lot of trial and error. Because my pain can fluctuate, it really does depend on how I'm feeling. Some days... I might have really bad body pains, so we might use toys or machines or something to help. Some days I mightn't be able to do it at all, and that's okay. All you disability women out there, go get them and live your life. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Gundungurra, Bidjigal and Gadigal peoples. Ladies We Need to Talk is mixed by Anne-Marie de Betancourt. It's produced by Tamar Kranswick. Supervising producer is Alex Lolbach. And our executive producer is Kyla Slavin. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. Listener.